0: Welcome to the St. Michael Easter podcast series. My name is Chris Garada, and I will be leading our meditation today, which includes prayers, a scripture reading, and a reflection on the reading. May you be blessed this Easter season. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from 1 Peter, chapter 3. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting of the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned... Those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. In the first century, choosing to follow Jesus was not an easy life to live. We certainly know that the early disciples of Jesus struggled to figure out what following Jesus really meant. Acts of the Apostles is filled with those stories, and we can certainly glean knowledge of their struggles in letters like this one from Peter. First century Christians struggled to create an identity that was connected to the world in which they lived, but was separate enough from the world for them to fulfill their new faithfulness. I don't think it's overly dramatic for me to say that Christians in the 21st century have a different but remarkably similar challenge. Most of us have inherited our faith being raised up in the church and in our Christian identity. We've inherited a tradition that relied on centuries of cultural stability. In other words, for centuries, most Christians lived in Christian communities. Public life was rooted in Christian identity, Christian ethics and morals, and Christian sensibilities. That is no longer the case. And in fact, for many of us who choose to follow Jesus in tangible, real ways, we may often be seen as strange. Our world has clearly moved away from Christ. Now, I don't say that in a preachy way, even though I am a preacher. I offer this as a relatively objective critique. Although religious language is often used to make or help make a point, I think we can all agree that very few public leaders and popular influencers truly live a committed Christian life. Much of what Christians have taken for granted for hundreds of years has slipped away from us right before our eyes. This leaves us with an interesting predicament. How do we live as Christians in a world that does not help us out? I've often told the story of growing up in Florida with many Jewish friends. My Jewish friends grew up spending their Saturday mornings at what they affectionately called Jew school. Jew school was where they learned what it means to be Jewish. They learned the language, learned the traditions, learned the prayers. They were very intentionally taught how to be Jewish because their community knew that they would never learn by simply being in the world. The world around them was not Jewish, so they had to take their Jewish formation very seriously. In a remarkably similar way, the world around us is not Christian anymore, and the world hasn't been Christian for generations. Over the past few weeks, many friends and parishioners have asked how they could help their children stay connected to the church when we aren't able to gather together physically. And in those conversations, I realized a sad truth. Most of us aren't doing much of anything outside of the church building to teach our children, or ourselves even, what it means to be Christian. Peter writes, It is better to suffer for doing good than to suffer for doing evil, for Christ also suffered for sins once for all in order to bring you to God. Peter is getting at the very reality that being Christian is countercultural, that being Christian goes against the grain of the world in such a significant way that when we do Christianity right, it's very possible that we could suffer. By doing Christianity right, we might find that relationships are lost, that privilege is vulnerable, and that we are threatened in very tangible and sometimes painful ways. Yet, we are called to follow Jesus nonetheless. This is a hard word for us to hear, but a word we are made to hear. In this season of Easter, we are invited to renew our commitment to Christ, to renew our commitment to discipleship, and to renew our commitment to living in, but not being of, this world. We are called to a life that won't make us wealth, won't make us popular, and won't keep us safe. But it's a life that will bring us into the fullness of God's amazing love. Amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.